Hello, I'm back with another history project. This time I want to talk about the history of public schools in New Mexico and some of the institutional racism that has dotted the history of public schools here. Um, this may turn out to be part one of many as I continue exploring these themes, especially looking back into the history of education in New Mexico. Um, because it's it's a really interesting topic and a lot of what happened here didn't only affect here, it affected the entire region and in very few cases the whole country. So I think this is really important to talk about and to learn about. So who knows, we might get more of these. We'll see. I wanted to start by talking about um, <clears throat> the current climate of education and the population that we're looking at in New Mexico. So we have 75% um, of New Mexican children are of color. And I didn't get the exact statistic, but many of these live below the poverty level. And when you have low income areas, you know, you have all the problems that come with that. You have violence, you have drugs, you have um, a lack of education. You have that family cycle of a lack of education and, you know, all these sorts of things which affect their performance in school, of course. And Hispanics are still currently underrepresented in today's test scores, graduation rates, college, college entrance exams, you name it. And that's not just because they're a minority, because as I said, in New Mexico, we have 75% um, of our population of children being of color. So there's something to be said about that. Mm. Hispanics historically have had to fight really hard for equality. And schools have often been the sites of political, racial, and linguistic conflict between the majority population and Latino groups, even when technically the Latino groups are the minority, uh, majority, excuse me, majority. You, you still see, you know, Americans like, no, we're the majority even though in this state we're not. So what you have to do what we say. And this has caused a lot of conflict. Um, this leads all the way back to the colonial era when the U.S. acquired just more and more of Spain's old territories, including what's now Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. And so when, when the, the Spanish were settling the area, they had a couple of presidios that were dotting the landscape and they were little forts that they used to teach the uh, the children of those who were in the Spanish army and those who were settling in um, the area. And from there, they um, forced education on the indigenous people. And so they were already forcing the indigenous people to assimilate um, all the way until about 1680. And that's when we saw the Pueblo revolt and all the peoples rise up and basically say, look, we already had our religion. We already had our way of life before you came around. And we'd like to go back to that. So moving on. Um, Mexico's 
independence from Spain changed a lot of this, as well as, you know, the U.S. acquiring these territories. Um, in the 18th and 19th century, most education was done in, informally in the home, um, although we do have records of people paying others to teach their children and books being shared amongst the community and things like this. Um, there's also record showing that uh, reading was taught before writing, and so it stands to reason that one who could sign their name could also um, was also completely literate instead of the way we do things now where you learn how to write as you learn how to read. All of this was done in Spanish. Now, Spanish settlers eventually began to open formal schools and at that time Spanish was the only language that anybody taught in because it was for the most part, all anybody spoke. There weren't there very many English speakers in any of these communities. So, you know, why, why are you going to teach a class in a language you don't know, right? But then, of course, the Anglos started settling into these areas as well. And they came with their own religion. And that's where things started to get a little bit messy. Um... I did forget to mention, in 1786, there was a school for children of soldiers um, in Santa Fe. And only three teachers were on record in New Mexico in 1790. But then um, between 1808 and 1820, more and more public schools began to open. But education was primarily for men. The teachers, the students, everybody in the environment was primarily male. As we lead into the 19th century, we see both secular and non-secular schools still mostly taught in Spanish and based in Roman Catholicism. But now... At the same time, we see the English settlers starting to come in, and they believe that um, their rights are being affected by these schools that have been teaching in the majority language. And so they began to fight. To have the schools teach in English instead of Spanish. In some areas it worked and some it didn't, and today we it, it's bilingual education depending on where you are in the state. It, it really varies. For the most part, schools are taught primarily in English, but there are a lot of schools that are bilingual or multilingual, so more on that another time. Mexico's independence from Spain changed a lot in the country, and especially when it comes to educational reform. Um, and at the same time, Texas was seeing their freedom from Mexico, and they are condemning Mexico for the lack of public schools, all while incapable of opening their own schools due to their economy and other issues that they were having at that time. <clears throat> um, so in 1891, 
we saw the passing of a public education bill for the creation of statewide schools. And in 1898, Ferguson firmly established public school in the New Mexico Territory. So by 1898, we have a set kind of guideline for opening public schools in New Mexico. So as more and more public schools begin to be created, we see more and more strife begin to happen between the Anglos and you know the Spanish-speaking majority. And public schools were beginning to be seen as vehicles of American Americanization, where you know schools' purposes were seen as to assimilate immigrants into the American culture. Anglo parents, though didn't want their kids to be taught in the same schools with the, quote, dirty Mexicans, which is sadly a sentiment that we still hear echoed today. Um, white parents really wanted these schools to be segregated, and in a lot of places they did succeed. But in a lot of places they didn't. Um, in California, we have the Lemon Grove incident where a Mexican school was created because the white parents didn't want their, their, their children going to the same school as the Mexicans. And so they tried to force the Mexicans to go to the Mexican school, and the parents said, no, you know, we came to America to give them a better life, not a worse life. And they fought and fought until, you know, anti-segregation laws were passed for education, and it really played a big part in educational reform. Now this was really poorly put together this time. But I didn't foresee how many of these things kind of tied together. So I was right. This is definitely going to end up being more than one part. So I'm going to leave it at that for today, and we'll come back to this subject. I'm so sorry I danced around as much as I did, but hopefully you were able to kind of follow the main theme that I was going with and the main ideas that I've been exploring this semester. Thanks for listening. <laughs>